Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the SNN Productions podcast. My name is Sara. And I'm Neil. And today, the topic that we're going to be discussing is racism. Now, yes, this is a very broad topic, but it's really important to discuss at least the basics and the more important concepts now, especially with what's going on. And before we begin, we wanted to recognize our privilege because we're two Asian Americans living in the Bay Area, and we have not faced the same level of racial profiling, the same level of oppression, systemic racism. So we wanted to mention that we stand with them. We would like to do our part in educating others who do not. And we'll go about this later in the podcast. But we want to start talking about the history of Blacks and racism. You know, how did they become slaves? Why did this happen? And a lot of this was for monetary reasons. It was for building the economy. It was for money. Because colonists and Europeans and Americans were taking slaves from Africa, the real Africans, they were taken completely out of their element, you know, in terms of temperature, in terms of weather, everything. They were brought against their will and they were used as free labor because for some reason it's ingrained in the European mindset that the Africans were inferior to Americans. They were not as educated. And a lot of it had to do with language, but there's so many different types of language. You know, just because you speak English or some sort of European language does not mean that you're superior to any other um, racial ethnicity, right? So they, in many accounts, um, in many books, there are, they, were treat, they were talked about and referred to as savages. You know, never in the first person where they talked about, it was always like second. Um, it was just, they were never treated to the same level of respect. They were not considered human, even though... Um, evolution shows that we all originated from there, right? Mm -hmm. So that has definitely transcended into much of the racism that we have today, right? Yeah, and the North and the South, the North was primarily, in back in the 1800s, was primarily for industrialization and other things. So they never really needed slaves. However, that didn't mean that they were, that they were accepting of Blacks because they were still racist, but at least they didn't use slaves. However, yeah, there's definitely the inferiority complex that was developed there, but they didn't necessarily need the whole slaves for running their economy because a lot of it was machines. Yeah, right? and the South was the, was the one that used the slaves because, mm -hmm. like you said, it was for monetary reasons. And the South was pretty much the agriculture agricultural part of, of the United States back then. So they needed, they needed slaves because, like you said, they're cheap labor. And this eventually transcended into the Civil War because the Confederacy wanted to keep slaves for the main reason. And they also wanted to secede from the Union, which was giving unrealistic goals for them. And luckily, the Union won, right? So they were able to, they were, the, the slaves were able to get freed due to Emancipation Proclamation. However, the South, because, because of the fact that they didn't want blacks to have the same rights as whites, due to the prejudices for some reason against Africans, which is inhumane. They wanted they imposed Jim Crow laws, which were against like politics, where you had to take literacy tests. Yeah, for... two-thirds majority, everything. It was just trying to strip away every sort of right that blacks could get because the South was very frustrated for the fact that they had to even fight, right? Their economy depended on this, and all of a sudden they needed to do work on their own. They didn't have this free labor, right? And that's why the Jim Crow laws, and it's just, it's it's awful if you read all of the, the laws. It just is stripping away every bit of 
um, humanity and every like bit of what makes you a human and a person that can think on its own. It's just they're being like treated like not an actual person through this. And that transcended into, you know, segregation because, hey, maybe we, we can't be as mean to them. We can't be so restrictive of what they can and can't do. But obviously it was a huge divide. There was more so like people being mistreated in there, right? Yeah, and this happened during the 1960s. Segregation was at its highest back then. The government really didn't support racism back then, but they also didn't they couldn't really declare anything against the South since they didn't they were okay with the Jim Crow laws that they were that they were imposing. And that's when eventually activists like Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks boycotted the buses and they gave speeches about like the I Have a Dream speech. And also eventually integration into white schools happened because back then black schools weren't as as uh, prestigious and very pretty much not very good as the as the white schools. Yeah, and they were given textbooks, older textbooks, very out of date textbooks from white schools. So they were never get they never got the same level of education, but that didn't mean that they weren't capable of getting the same type of education or understanding. But people couldn't obviously see that, which is why it took so long for integration to happen in the South. And it happened like state, it didn't even happen state by state. It literally happened from county to county because it was so hard to um, make the entire um, state comply. You know, there was always a governor of that state that would, because the state government did not approve of um, integration, but the federal government had passed it. There was definitely like a federal versus state type of debate, you know, and it took the whole entire like National Guard in a sense to come and cause integration to happen in many states like Mississippi and Georgia. Right. Yeah, and this eventually barreled down into how police brutality and the stereotypes affect us today because racism is still a very, very real thing, even today. It's been here for more than 300 years, and yet it's one of the simplest problems to fix, but yet people in their minds still don't understand that. And so I wanted to talk a bit about the police, police and how they're trained. So in the police academy, you're trained from 13 to 19 weeks, and a lot of them are ex-military, and the, the way that they're taught is also very, very weird. They are taught to shoot to kill. Yeah, because military is just, you can't, you can't be empathetic. You cannot look at somebody and have, like, sympathy. Like, I don't want to kill them. Because it's either you, they take your life or you take their life, right? So it's very much, you are not, you're trying to, like, step away from reality in a sense. And so when they are not in the military, it's very hard to shake out of that same type of training because it's so rigorous, right? So when they become cops, they're automatically trained to shoot to kill. Their first instinct is just to take a gun out. And because of so much of the built-in um, systemic racism and much of the racial profiling, it causes a lot of like black people to be victims in this, even though they didn't do anything wrong. Because it just plays into the whole stereotypical ideal that like a black person is some part of a is gang. And it, it's mostly the case for a lot of people of color, but it's really predominant with black people. Yeah, and so these police departments, they target the, the black people because they think they have drugs or they have they have guns, unre unregistered firearms. And this has caused over 48% of the unarmed people killed by one of the 100 largest police departments are black, 48% of them. So this is at a rate of four times higher than an unarmed white person. An unarmed black person is getting killed 
way more frequent than an unarmed white person. And m many people are arguing, oh, because, uh, oh, but unarmed white people are killed more than unarmed black people. But it's all about proportions. Mm -hmm. The black people only make up around 13% of our population. White people make up way more than that. So, yeah. so and even though that's the case, black people are still killed four times more. That shouldn't be the case. Yeah, it's based on proportions, like Neil said. You know, if a certain amount, like it's, it's, you know, 13% of your population. And if out of that 13% of your population, one in like 100 gets killed, that is ridiculous, right? And uh, of African-Americans and that and black people. So it's, you know, you have to compare it to the numbers and the population and then you'll know the caliber of how it is, you know? And I kind of want to like show, so... You know, I like how Neil mentioned it was 13 to 19 weeks that you need to train. We kind of looked up different professions that aren't as high stake. Because as a police officer, your job is to protect people. You carry a gun, okay? So you need to be trained for longer, right? So hairstylists need nine months to a year. And they also just need a high school diploma like police officers. So it's just immature people. Like imagine you coming out of high school, Neil. And you're like, I'm going to be a police officer. You don't have the same amount of experience. Like, experience. And you haven't really, like, you haven't, you're not a well-traveled person. You don't know how different people think. You're not aware. And now you go into the police force and 13 to 19 weeks, you can carry a gun, a taser. And you're suddenly, like, put into, like, situations where you are going to racially profile because it's built into their training and insensitivity. It's ridiculous and hairstylists who just have to cut your hair and style it use different products not as high stakes they need nine months to a year so there's obviously something wrong yeah something wrong with the police yeah training. they know something needs to change and they need to stop using insensitivity to kill or insensitive to kill uh tactics and also the racial profiling and this all boiled down there's the years and years of racism mm -hmm. and stereotypes and that finally happened on May 25th when George Floyd was murdered by Derek Chauvin and the many other police officers from the Minneapolis Police Department. Now, it doesn't matter whatever George Floyd did. He does not he did not deserve to die. Yes. For 8 minutes and 46 seconds if someone's saying I can't breathe, you need to get into a hospital immediately and yet because of these racial things they didn't want to do that. Yeah, he got accused of fraud for stealing $20. And that too was done in such a public area. And people say that he like refused or he didn't cooperate with the cops. But that doesn't warrant a cop for slamming up somebody on the ground with three cops on that same body holding the arms together. One of them holding the legs and one of them with a knee to the, to the neck. And, like, slowly pressing down. And somebody who already has heart troubles, like George Floyd, that is ridiculous. That is what, you know, it's it's, it's asphyxiation in the end. You know, so much trauma and so much stress from the situation is what caused his death. So, you, so it's a heart attack based on shock, you know, because of so much, so much, like, stimulus that's going around. And no matter how many, how much people around him are trying to tell them to stop, he can't breathe and there was a moment actually where he stopped he stopped breathing they couldn't find his pulse and they still kept pressing down because they were afraid for some reason and that's what's really frustrating because cops are armed with things they wear bulletproof vests they have 
um, guns and somehow they feel afraid of somebody who is carrying a hairdryer, a black person who's carrying a hairdryer and walking down the street or a black person who's living in a predominantly richer neighborhood. And suddenly they are um, suspected to be some sort of um, like thief or some sort of like killer. killer. Yeah. Yeah. And this eventually, finally, after so many years, we finally have protests for the first time, large scale protests. Now people are finally Act, uh, are finally being activists and starting to support Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And finally, we're able to get the message to police that they cannot treat Black people like this. Black Lives Matter and Blacks are people too. This has been this has been for over 300 years because of people that just don't get in their, in their minds that Blacks are people. They're no different just because of the color of your skin. Yeah. And especially in the South, they practically drove the economy on their own. Without them, it wouldn't have been the same powerhouses as it was, obviously. Like, they're the ones that built the like the South from the ground up, despite what people say. And, you know, this George Floyd um, protest was not just for him. It wasn't solely for him. It was speaking on behalf of every victim of police brutality in, like, the Black community. And it also brought together... So many people from so many different countries and like states in the United States, right? And they're all marching uh, for Black Lives Matter, not just because of George Floyd. It was for um, just like being like Black Lives Matter, right? It's just to show that they are people too. They should be treated the same. They should have the same amount of respect. They should, you know, it's just years and years of being oppressed. It's enough is enough is enough, right? And so, with all these protests and everything, what can we do now? So, uh, the protests are a good way to start, but that's not enough for pol- for the police departments. Yeah. Police departments cannot keep on getting away with this. One one thing we can do is to defund the police. Defunding the police meaning just take away money and give it to black communities and communities that are underprivileged, especially the black communities, like I said. The police are given billions and billions of dollars every single year, and many of them... Many of them are just are from the taxes. So if we're using our taxes, we need to use it for good and for communities that actually need it, other than the, the police departments, because the police departments don't are are being overused and over and overutilized in our in our in our in our country right now. So yeah. we it's need like to- unnecessary. It's just like you're not spending the money in the right areas, right? We could much use it, maybe not even for um, like organizations that solely support black people, but maybe to help people of color in like schools, maybe like adding, giving money to schools so that they can improve education. Maybe giving it to colleges that they can have scholarships, right? And I also think another thing that we can do is to increase the time that they can be trained, police. I think it's integral that they need to increase the amount of time that it takes for somebody to be a police officer. Maybe even have background checks to see if a police officer is a psychopath. Maybe have like behavioral tests and every single year it should be renewed to see, yes, this officer went rogue one year and killed so many people or killed somebody um, because of based on color. Maybe check maybe check them out neurologically to see if they're all right to be a police officer because they're supposed to protect people. They can't be like, making people feel unsettled or uncomfortable. Yeah, and we, another thing I want to talk, uh, or another point that I wanted to say was police academies also need to reform their teachings. You need to teach them for longer than 
13 to 19 weeks. That's not enough time for a first-time police officer to go out into the field and try and looking for crime. With all the racial, with the racial profiling that they do in the in the in the academies, and also the the they're taught to shoot to kill and no insensitivity to that. We need to t- teach them that it's not okay to just shoot anyone or pull out a gun on someone immediately. And it's not okay to 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 uh, ring up a black man just because they're they're just because of the color of their skin. They you need to have a background check. You need to have a warrant. And you need to be able to say, okay, I know that this person is probably doing something illegal, so I, I'm going to talk to them. Not just because of your belief, because of the color yeah. of their skin. And it doesn't warrant you to straight away draw your gun out, because obviously that is a very sensitive um, topic for a lot of black people, right? They've been like oppressed and they've been t- mistreated for so long. So many fix ways. If you even suspect somebody um, of doing something as a cop, then you need to just check, maybe take a step back and talk with them, communicate, maybe see why they were doing whatever you did. And you might find in many cases that they weren't doing anything wrong at all. It didn't warrant you to um, aggressively um, handcuff them or kick them or taser them. Um, you know, so it's just being more sensitive and being more aware of what's going on, right? And yes, the protests, in my opinion, were so necessary because it just showed it's just justice. It's it's one of the clear examples of justice being served, and especially in southern um, communities like the, the predominantly slaves were living there. Right. So the fact of the matter, people say that, oh, Target was destroyed or looted. It's just showing that, you know, they basically like helped the economy over here initially, like their ancestors were living here, beaten, be- beaten to death living in these areas. And the fact of the matter is not even the president addressed this as a problem until the looting in quotes even happened, right? So if they didn't do that, it might not have been to the same level of impact as it is right now. Big like the whole hashtag went so crazy on all types of social media as people are continuously posting um, and trying to spread awareness and trying to do as much as they can, like signing petitions. And that's all due to the fact that it has reached um, so many people because of the fact that it was protests and they were rioting. And yes, I wish it hadn't targeted smaller businesses and it hadn't gone this far. But like I said before, enough is enough, you know. And also going about back to what we said in the beginning, we're two Asian Americans, right? Um, The whole entire Asian belief is very much flawed especially like South Asians, we're kind of, there's a lot of like racial uh, appropriation and racial like microaggressions to so many different um, minorities living here. And it's kind of frustrating because we're also a minority and we don't um, treat other minorities the same way. We have our own stereotypes about black people, right? And we're also kind of lucky that we haven't been racially profiled at all in our time because Bay Area is very, very um, Asian in, a, Asian and very integral of all races. It's like a melting pot. Yeah. However, to many other communities, that may not be the case. Asians and other Hispanics and other people are also racially profiled. So uh, it's not just the Blacks that are also being racially profiled in America, though it is way, way bigger than this. We also need to raise awareness that Asians 
and Hispanics and others are yeah, they're also, also minorities, right? And but it's also important to kind of stand together and stand with the black people and educate. Like if you have if your parents are um uh from Asia, you can be educate them saying, yes, you know, it's not you have to talk to them about microaggressions that they make, about their stereotypes that they have. Because not every black person, as we said, is uh, somehow a criminal, right? And to treat everyone with just a level of respect. Because in our own country, and we're talking about India here, we've had to go through a level of oppression. And the fact that we had to go through it and here we're not participating and we're just standing to the side, not being political, not posting about it, trying not to be involved is ridiculous. Because how did we get our independence in India? It's by being involved. It's by protesting. So not coming together for another minority is just taking all the work that we did for our own country and just throwing it away because you need to be able to um, branch out and help other people who have, are still going through it. And like we, since we're not going through it to the same level as they are, like not even close, we need to be allies with them and you need to educate people who um, are not aware, people who don't think the same way, right? So that's why we recognize our privilege. We want to stand with people because as educated people, it's our job to educate others to the same level. And, you know, it's people, you can be going to an amazing college and still be illiterate in these matters, right? So our main point is saying Black Lives Matter and we need to make sure that, that racism can be abolished and we need to make sure that police are finally able to roam the streets and a black yeah. person is able to be free in America. Yeah, and also the whole argument about a one bad apple doesn't make the entire uh, police force bad. But you're a police force. Your job is to protect. So that argument should not even be there. Well, how can you as a police officer, yeah, that one guy that was working there that shot many people, he's bad. But you can't say that everyone is bad. How did he become bad in the first place? What was the reason that his changing his thinking was there, right? It has to be with how they're trained. So, like, the police force needs to do better about educating their people, being trained longer, give them more experience in situations that are tough, right? And on that note, I wanted to talk about some really important inventions from black inventors there's something that people don't talk much about but it's really important and i wanted this to be an ending note because i think it's really amazing and when i was reading about this i didn't know about it which is very uh upsetting that we weren't talked about right so the first one was an improved ironing board the ones that we're using right now was invented in 1892 by sarah boone and the second was a home security system, which was co-invented by Mary Van Britten Brown. So our main point about saying this is blacks have had a huge impact. Impact, on yeah. And if you go back to the whole home security system, keeping us safe, they play an integral role in it. So it's kind of ironic with how they're being treated now. And also the three light traffic light, three light traffic light was invented by Garrett Morgan in 1923. So as you can tell by these many in, uh, innovations, they have done much for our improvement and our conveniences here for so long, from the beginning when they came to America. So it's ridiculous to say that their lives don't matter and it's so awful that they're being mistreated even till this day, despite all that they're going. So take a moment to listen to this podcast, 
Hope you learned something new about this and you can educate someone else who isn't understanding this whole thing. Maybe you can do your part to be an ally to black people and other people of color as well. Yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, This is our second episode. And um, I hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy. See you next time.